Welcome back to the Rumor Mill Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Spencer. And I'm your host, Lexi. And welcome to your weekly pop culture news guide. Um, happy Friday. Uh, it really... Yeah, it doesn't mean a lot to be a Friday anymore. Like, everyone used to be, like, so excited, like, thank God it's Friday, and, like, now every day is Friday. So, happy Friday. Um, yeah. It's finally May, which confuses me. I know. It's insane. I was looking at my calendar the other day, and I was like, how the hell did we get here? Like, what I, it, What happened? It's crazy to me. But um, today, achievement, I left my house, first time in a month. Um, I love it. I went to Target. I had a spiritual experience. Um, I, like, you don't really realize how much you miss doing normal things. Like, I miss going to Safeway. I miss going, like, it, it's so weird, but... Um, I bought some Laffy Taffies and then I went home. Um, I love it. So that was my morning. How's your Friday going? So far, um, so good. Um, Clone Wars came out. It's incredible. Very excited for that. Um, if you haven't watched the Clone Wars, you're really missing out. What is um, it? So Clone Wars is a Star Wars TV show. Um, it takes place in between the second movie of the prequels, which is Attack of the Clones, and the third movie, which is Revenge of the Sith, and it is about the, well, the Clone Wars that happened in between those two time periods. Um, oh. But it's really great because if you've seen Star Wars, and if you haven't seen it, it's been out for decades, so I don't feel bad about spoiling it. But it really... <laughs> oh you're like, you're like shows, I'm going to spoil it. Here it is. I'm going to spoil Star Wars, not the Clone Wars. Um, but as everybody knows, Anakin Skywalker becomes Darth Vader, but... It's really a tragedy, and most people don't realize what a tragedy it is, because if you only see four through six, then you're like, oh, Darth Vader's this horrible person. Like, he's terrible. But when you watch the prequels and you find out who he was before he became the evil guy in the suit, you realize it's a tragedy, and it makes me cry now. Like, I, as, an, as an adult woman, it makes me weep. I just... Oh, I just love it. I don't read that deep into it. Like, you get really deep into things and, like, find the meaning. And, like, I'm there just purely for the entertainment. Um, mm-hmm. But I have not been watching that. I have, however... It's really good. ...been reading Jessica Simpson's memoir, Open Book. Ooh. Um, which I got in the mail yeah, like, this you week. Bought, you bought a signed copy. It was right? a did yep. I, I did. I sent you a picture of her signature. Um, I think I'm already almost two hundred pages in. Um, oh wow! It is. Do. It's amazing. She has lived. She has lived a like a life. Um, <laughs> there's like heartfelt moments, heartbreaking moments, super juicy. Um, we are definitely going to have to do like a review episode when I'm done. I'll like fill you in. It's, it's amazing. And in honor of me reading her memoir, uh, our TRM song of the week this week is a Jessica song. It obviously had to be one. Um, it's her 1999 ballad. I want to love you forever. So I, that's like a personal favorite of mine. Um, I sent it to you. I really do like it. Yes. It's very sweet. She's got that emotion there. You can hear not quite the youthfulness of her voice, but you can tell the difference of, you know, Jessica when she's young versus as she's gotten older and her voice kind of took on more damage. There's a difference in the sound there. 100%. And it was really lovely to hear it when it was young and strong and, and, and still, it was beautiful the whole time, but, you know. Yeah, she, I, I think we did talk about, I think on the last episode or so, 
Um, she definitely did have a decline in her career, but she made some great music. So that is our song of the week. Check it out. And it's time for Hot Topics. So our first story this week is kind of a developing breaking news story. Um, Gigi Hadid and on-again, off-again boyfriend Zayn Malik from One Direction um, are expecting their first child together. Um, It was kind of TMZ put out the story earlier this week. It wasn't confirmed. No one knew. Um, basically all they said in the beginning was that she is currently 20 weeks along. They don't know the gender and that was it. Um, and then it kind of sort of, it came out that they're having a girl that her 25th birthday bash that they just celebrated actually had pink and blue balloons. So some people think maybe it doubled as a gender reveal party. And then finally today, um, I think, or a few days ago, Yolanda Hadid, which is Gigi's mom, um, Mm -hmm. she confirmed the news um, and said that they're really excited um, and that she was a little surprised that the news was leaked to the press um, and that she can't be, she can't wait to be a grandma. um, And she actually let slip that Gigi may be due in September because she said that she can't wait to... She can't wait to become an Oma, which I think it's like the Dutch. She's Dutch. So it's the Dutch name for grandma in September. So we're going to be looking out for that. Um, Their first child together. Yeah. Hopefully everything, you know, goes well and she has a safe and um, happy birth and pregnancy. Yeah. So, So for our next story this week. Kind of in a morbid way, coming full circle from life to death. Um, we've got, unfortunately, quite a few deaths this week. Yeah. Um, the first one is possibly not even a death at all. So, as many of you have probably heard by this point, Kim Jong-un may or may not be dead. Allegedly, he died um, following a kind of botched heart surgery. Um, according to Chinese and Japanese media, he required an emergency operation but it left him in a kind of, quote, vegetative state um, because basically he was under too long. Um, yeah. So that's what they're saying. So we, they haven't, it hasn't been confirmed by the North Korean government yet. Um, I, some people are saying that his sister will be next in line. Yeah, some I heard that. don't know because she's a woman. It's a very patriarchal society. And so they don't know if they're going to let her rule. So it's kind of up in the air right now. The next unfortunate death on our list today is that of Little Women Atlanta star Ashley, or more commonly known as Minnie Ross. Um, she was killed in a fatal hit-and-run car crash, which is wow. horrible. Yeah. Um, absolutely awful. She was only 34, so she, really she was only at the beginning of life, and it's just tragic. Um, the final death that we are reporting this week is that of Jurassic World and Life of Pi actor Irfan Khan. Um, he died at the age of 53 after battling a neuroendocrine tumor, which is really, really sad. Um, yeah. Anytime anything like that, you know, is the reason for someone's passing. Um, so, but, I mean, you know, a PR person, you know, said that he was a strong soul. He fought through to the very end and always inspired everyone who came close to him. And that's just, a, I think that's a really, really sweet legacy to leave behind. And you can't really hope for anything more than that. So, yeah, very sad week. Moving on to our next Hot Topic story, rapper Eminem came face-to-face with an intruder during an early morning home invasion. So terrifying. I mean, horrifying. Um, so it's said that the intruder 
um, the suspect is a 26-year-old man named uh, Matthew David Hughes, and he allegedly used a paver stone to break into the back kitchen window around 4 a.m., and security was in the front, so they, they didn't hear it. And actually, the alarm went off in his house, which I guess security also didn't hear, but Eminem, it woke up Eminem. It's like really, really crappy security. I know, right? I mean, first of all, someone breaks into the back, you're in the front, and then you don't even hear the alarm. Hello? Um, yeah. Why is there no security in the back? Um, just wondering. Um, but it, the, the alarm woke up Eminem. I guess for some reason, the security guys didn't hear it. So Eminem actually confronted the guy in his living room. So the guy was standing there and Eminem immediately yelled for security. Um, the guy was arrested and he's currently being held on a $50,000 bond. Um, and we actually, we have a picture of the of his mugshot, the suspect, um, via TMZ on our Instagram. So you can check that out. He, he kind of, he's a creepy guy. Not going to lie. Um, I personally have never like had anything like a home invasion. That is one of my worst fears is like someone breaking in my house while I'm there. Oh yeah. Well, one of my worst fears is somebody watching me while I sleep because the thing is, is that you oh, would never yeah. know. if somebody did it right, somebody could watch you while you're sleeping every day for years and you would have no idea that they were even there. And that terrifies me. That like um, being a celebrity, like having stalkers and burglaries and crazy fans that would terrify me that would be super scary um but they have him in custody all is well i don't think anything was stolen no one was hurt um so moral of the story don't break into someone's house and if you're a celebrity get some security in the back for sure now if you've been watching this show for any amount of time you know that i'm a tremendous post malone stand so you know that i'm very excited about this next story we we know lexi we know (laughs) <laughs> and he has shared an update on that new music with his fans during a recent live stream on Instagram. And he revealed, this is his quote, trying to put it out as soon as I effing can. I'm really proud of the music we're making and I'm having a lot of effing fun. And that, to me, makes me exceptionally excited because I know, well, I don't know him personally, obviously, but like I know that how he likes to make music. And I know that he likes to make music that he enjoys. And when he has fun making the music, it always turns out really really good so i'm really really stoked and really excited to hear it because there's not a single post Malone album out there that i haven't liked there's always like one song on every album that i dislike but it always ends up growing on me so i just i can't get into his music i just i can't do it i i don't know what it is i just i don't compared to like the singers that i like stevie nicks lady gaga madonna mariah i like the weekend um I just don't think that his talent is like it's like he's it's it's, it's not he's a he's a he's great voice he can genuinely sing you know um debatable he debatable oh, you haven't heard him live you haven't heard I him live. did he's I have voice. he's creepy to me he when? he's creepy to me I'm just I, I think he's creepy um I've seen like different live performances where people think that he's on drugs and he's like crawling around the stage um and he auto-tunes his mic um, which I don't appreciate because I think anyone who uses auto tune just it's it's unacceptable. But I know that you love him, and I, I do. I'm I'm trying to be nice, and I appreciate his I appreciate his art and that he's successful with it. That's great. You're a fan. Um, 
you know what? Give me an update when the new album comes out, when the new music comes out. We'll listen to it, and I will be open-minded. I will I will tell you Perfect. that. How about that? I'm sure I'll inevitably love it. So oh, 100%. We'll I'll be like, eh, I don't love it. And you'll be like, <laughs> I stand. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So moving on to our next story, rumor has it that fans think Ariana Grande and Ryan Murphy are working together on a secret project, which I would be really excited about if they were. Um, oh, for sure. They previously worked together on Ryan's um, short-lived Fox series, Scream Queens, um, which I loved. It's like a drama, comedy, horror. Like, it's it's hilarious. It's like a spoof on, like, scary movies. And Emma Roberts was in it. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, it, it's, it was hilarious. But it was canceled after two seasons. Um, so that was the last time they worked together. But Ryan posted something to his Instagram which I think he posted earlier this week. Um, it was a picture of the rubber man who is a notorious character in American Horror Story. Um, and his caption, all oh it God, said, I remember when rubber man was a thing and it was terrifying. I know. Right. See that, that was from murder house and I don't like murder house. So I'm, eh, I'm neutral. Um, but the, his caption said, all it said was coming soon. And interestingly Ooh. that same day, he started following Ariana. Now, I mean, it's not uncommon for people to just, you know, follow different celebrities and, you know, whatnot. But it's a little interesting in this case because Ryan doesn't follow anyone on Instagram except his husband, whose name is David Miller. That day, he followed Ariana, and that's the only other person he he follows. He doesn't follow any American Horror Story actor, any friend, network, other celebrity, just his husband, and now Ariana. So people think... It's a high honor, then. I, I know. People think that maybe she's going to take part in American Horror Story's upcoming 10th season. Maybe there's a reboot of Scream Queens. Maybe they're doing something. Um, I'm here for it. I love them both. Um, oh, for sure. So for our next story, um, if any of you know Kristen Cavallari, she's at The Hills alum. She and her husband, Jay, are separating after 10 years together. Um, So that's really sad, but they did say that, you know, they're deeply grateful for the years they shared and all the memories they made and of their kids, um, and they just kind of grew apart. So it's Um, always unfortunate, it's always sad, but, you know, at least they have the bravery and the strength to recognize that they need to separate and, and heal and move on and hopefully, you know, find someone who fits them a little bit better in this new chapter of their life. So it's, it's sad, but it, it can be, it can be seen as a new beginning. On to our next story. Um, Taylor Swift, you know, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, I'm not a huge fan. Um, she posted something to her Instagram story earlier this week, kind of reigniting the beef between her and her old record label and the new owner of her music catalog, Scooter Braun. So I'll I'll read you what she wrote and then we'll kind of break it down. So she wrote, Hey guys, I want to thank my fans for making me aware that my former record label is putting out an album of live performances of mine tonight. This recording is from a uh, 2008 radio show performance I did when I was 18. Big Machine has listed the date as a 2017 release, but they're actually releasing it tonight at midnight, which this would have been, I think, like at the beginning of the week. Um, So it's out now if you want to listen to it. 
Uh, but she continues, I'm always honest with you guys about this stuff, so I just wanted to tell you that this release is not approved by me. It looks to me like Scooter Braun and his financial backers, 23 Capital, Alex Soros, and the Soros family, and the Carlyle Group, have seen the latest balance sheets and realized that paying $330 million for my music wasn't exactly a wise choice and they need money. In my opinion, just another case of shameless greed in the time of coronavirus. So tasteless, but very transparent. So she's kind of I mean, slamming she really them. Laid it all out there and told us exactly how she felt. Oh, so she. I, you know, I can appreciate that. I, I can appreciate honesty, but you know, we haven't really talked about her, her beef with Scooter or Big Machine. So what happened was, I think her label was it. It was bought out by a bigger label, or they shut down, or something happened, and. She, her music was bought, her catalog, so the rights to all of her music was bought by Scooter Braun, who actually manages a lot of different singers, Ariana Grande, Demi Lovato, Justin Bieber. Um, He's pretty popular in the industry and he bought her catalog. Now back, I think this was last year, she was not happy about this because she accuses Scooter of bullying her, Um, you know, him and Justin Bieber. She alleges that they made fun of her on like a FaceTime or Instagram Live and that he is continuously not nice to her and that he's just buying her music to get under her skin. Um, I mean, that is a pretty good way to get under someone's skin. I know, right? Is to buy their entire... Buy the rights to their career. Basically buy their life. Um, Mm -hmm. But she, she basically revealed that with Big Machine, which was her previous label, that every new album that she recorded and released she would then be transferred the rights and ownership to one of her old albums. So it was like a switch off. So every new album she releases, she gets the rights to an old album. Well, because they, I think they went under or something, that deal went off the table and he bought all of her music. Now, this was a huge controversy on Twitter. Some people taking his side, some people taking her side. Um, And there are rumors that her dad was offered, you know, they, they offered him if he wanted to bid to buy her catalog and he I think I heard that he turned it down or something and she said she never got a chance to buy it because of her contract super messy um I just feel like you know it was her music you know there were probably opportunities for her to maybe renegotiate her contract buy her music out <clears throat> you know do something like just because he owns your music I feel like you know we've we've talked about my opinion on Taylor, a little bit of yours, but I feel like she's always the victim. Like, it doesn't matter who it's with, what situation, she's the victim, everyone's bullying her, she's the martyr, and here we go again. You know, if you didn't approve this release of live recordings from a 2008 performance that nobody remembers and nobody cares about, then why are you talking about it and making it a public thing? Because I guarantee, had she not put that on her story no one would have known that this live album was coming out. So why is she talking about it? Well, in case people do find it and then it explodes, I think she's I think she's like saying but not saying that she wants her fans to boycott it because it's not from her and she feels taken advantage of by Scooter. So I think that's why she's bringing it up so that people are aware of it and hear from it from her, but also know that it's with her disapproval to hopefully steer them away from like streaming it and all that, which would then take money away from Scooter. So that's my hot take on the situation. But I don't, what, are, what are your thoughts about it? 
you know, I just feel like she always screams the poor little rich girl act. Like, I'm so sorry that live performances of yours, of your old music that you don't even perform anymore, is going to be available for your fans' convenience to listen to. Um, I I just, it's it's so trivial. And, and you know what? I will say that if I was in her position, I would be irritated because, you know, something that I built and created my music is being used in a way that I don't approve of or, you know, by someone that I don't even like for that matter. So that I, I feel for her. But she just rallies her fans up to attack people on Twitter. And, you know, these people bought her music fair and square. They signed a contract. It was legit. They paid the money. They own it. So, you know, they're just trying to make a return on their investment. You know, she can't do anything about it. They bought it. If she ever had the opportunity or if her dad did, we don't know. They never went for it. Maybe she didn't have the opportunity. I don't know. But it's not going to change the fact that he owns your music. So, Thank God he's not putting out an album of unreleased songs. All it is is live performances. You know, so I, I I feel for her in some aspect, but it was a business deal. It's over and done with. She can't change it. Just stop firing and gassing your fans up to rant and rave on Twitter. Because I think that, you know, it's 2020. It's not 2016 anymore. Um, You know, where she was kind of, feuding with people left and right. I mean, look what just happened a few weeks ago. The whole Kim and Kanye thing came up again. And so funny that now this is coming up again. Like I, people are bored. Exactly. And I, you know what? I heard <laughs> someone say, I think it was a YouTuber that they were reporting on Taylor. Um, they were talking about, you know, is she a victim? Is she a narcissist? It was Shallon, Shallon Lester, who I love. Um, she was talking about Taylor and kind of made the observation that whenever Taylor's not releasing music and whenever she's not in one of her eras or releasing songs or doing performances in those off times, it's really interesting that she always finds somebody to beef with when she's not releasing music or in the press. So maybe she likes to feud with people on her off years when she's not releasing music and she's not, because right now, I mean, her album came out last year. That was fine. I don't care. But here we are a year later. She's not releasing anything. And how is she keeping her name in the headlines? Well, she's reigniting the feud with Scooter. She reignited the feud with Kim and Kanye. Time to move on. So our next story is about BTS, which if you have listened to the show before, you know that I used to be a diehard BTS fan. I don't listen to them as much now as I used to, but... I used to listen to them all the time, and I've actually kind of started re-listening to them a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, which is cool. Something that I love about them, on a tangent, is that we love Alexi they tangent. Love, <laughs> they love to draw inspiration for their songs and their music videos from literature. Um, so, uh, one of their one of my personal favorites, actually, their music video "Blood, Sweat, and Tears" is based on this book called "Demian" by. Herman Hess, I believe his last name is pronounced. Um, their whole actually second full studio album, Wings, was fully based on this book, Demian. Um, but the Blood, Sweat, and Tears music video really kind of shows it. Um, it's firstly an incredible book. I have read it. It's incredible. It's very 
abstract forces you to think, um, kind of question your own mortality a little bit. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm I'm reading Jessica Simpson's book, but not comparable, <laughs> non-comparable. Let's just order your question our mortality, what it means, our purpose in life. Why are we here? Are we here at all? It's really interesting. Um, it's considered a psychological masterpiece. But anyway, I digress. Back to their their newest release, their newest album. They're going on, or they were going on a world tour um, for the, their album called Map of the Soul. They really like to do soul searching music. If you can't they tell, they do. They're deep. Um, God, just make a pop like song and get deep. over that's it. Where it <laughs> that's why I like them though, is because I mean, even though I I mean I used to speak. I used to be able to speak Korean at like a, I would say like a, a toddler level. Now can you I say something? Can you say something in Korean? God, I guess I can introduce myself. That's like the only thing I remember. Okay, go for I it. Say, oh, like, oh my gosh. Like, my name is Lexi. That's the only thing that I really remember. Also, um, which is the weather today is not good. Um, <laughs> I love that those are the only two you remember. Like, that's it. Those are the things that I practiced the most because that was like, I started off on like, it wasn't Duolingo. It was this other. Oh my app God, I remember that. For language learning. And that was like the, the first unit was literally just those two phrases or like a variation of those two phrases. So I like really got that ingrained in my head. And that's why it's the only thing now that I remember. That's hilarious. So, kind of sad that i lost it but anyway back to the back story to the story finally yeah. so they're they're postponing their entire map of the soul world tour due to the covid19 pandemic which makes sense um they're originally set to kick off in april but obviously april's over um yeah. and so they're fully just pushing everything back um, which i think is great so anyway it is time for your personal favorite part of the show it is it's time for the reality check a reality tv <laughs> weekly news roundup which i love um you know what we're we're gonna recap beverly hills we're gonna recap new york um and le- you know what let's get into it because i have lots of feelings i have lots of opinions um beverly hill as usual um the third episode of beverly hills's new season was just on this week um, I thought it was a great episode. Um, I I think that like immediately right out of the gates, the season is already strong. Um, you know, there's already different confrontations brewing and things going on. And I just really think that, you know, Sutton is obviously not a full-time cast member. Garcelle is. But so far, you know, I know we have a tiny bit of a difference of opinion um, over Garcelle and Sutton and who we favor. But what I will say is so far, I feel like Sutton is bringing more to the show because if you look at both of them, you know, who's stirring up drama, who is entertaining, you know, Garcelle is great for TV, but like so far she's been like a supporting cast member. Like she's just sitting in the back, not saying much, not doing anything. And Sutton is like right out of the gates being petty stirring up drama like so that i do appreciate because like like i said we're only three weeks in and it's already like ready set go um what did you think of basically i'm dubbing it the dinner party from hell 2.0 god it was so awkward it was just so awkward um my personally i thought dorit was 
the best dress that Kyle's dinner party. Um, I can't remember what she wore. Because she had, like, that kind of see-through mesh top with the studded belt and, like, the black kind of, not quite leather Mm. like Erica Jane had, but, like, that kind of same feel for the pants. And then she had the most beautiful headband on, and I thought she looked so cute and fun. I just don't understand why she's on the cast. She's okay. Um, I, you know what, I thought, I thought it was funny how they were all kind of coordinated with like the black and white. Um, mm-hmm. so you know what? I think they have great style. I loved Rinna's zebra suit. That was hilarious. Yes. Um, I thought it was great. So obviously Rinna was being messy when she said, let's go around the table and play a game and be honest with each other. So that obviously kickstarted the uh, Sutton Teddy issue, which I'm eager to talk about because I want to know, you know, do you think that Sutton was being overly rude? Do you think that Teddy's just pregnant so her hormones are off? Maybe a combination of both. I want to hear your opinion. Well, so the function of the game is to be honest. However, as I think we can agree, we've learned with Sutton that delivery is not her strong suit. And there's a lot of ways to talk about what she wanted to talk about and be honest, but also be kind. And also you can say something up front and be honest and be a little mean and that's fine, but at least follow it up with something good. And I felt like well, she, she did. really did not compliment Teddy very well at all. She it was, did. It just felt like, I just, I don't know. Mm, mm, well, she, really she half, said kind of halfway compliment, but not really like she was scrounging for words and wasn't really sure, which is fine. But yeah, see, felt, I, I don't oh, know. It just felt messy. A 100% messy. Um, But, you know, she said, she's like, okay, if I'm being honest, Teddy, I thought you were going to be a little boring. But then she followed up with, you know, but um, I really, I, when I first met you, I really didn't know how interesting you actually are. I didn't know the depth of your personality. So I feel like she followed it up, but she did it a little bit too late to where in between Teddy was already getting upset immediately after she should have said, but you know, and there was that pause there, which is why I think Teddy got upset. Um, well, and the thing too is that Teddy even said it wasn't being called boring that upset her. It was the thing about the pregnancy. Yeah. Because that's her living child. And Sutton was like, pregnancy, God help me. Ugh. Yeah, you I know? think I, and but she's see. saying that about Teddy's, you know, future child. I understand. And that was what really upset her. I understand what she meant though, because she was saying, you know, um, you know, we have to go to this workout routine or, or Teddy's retreat and, you know, oh, she's pregnant on top of it. So she did say it in a negative connotation, like, oh, Teddy's pregnant, you know, but I think she meant it as, okay, that means she's going to be a little bit on edge. We'll have to handle her with kid gloves, maybe. I, I don't think she meant it as like her being pregnant was bad. I think she meant it as what effect that would have on Teddy because yeah. delivery is not her strong suit and she's totally unfiltered meant that it would be harder for them to communicate is what I got out of it. But I understand that Teddy yes, could be offended. Though, the thing is though, is that the way that I think it should have come across, like been said and trying to be communicated is like, Oh, and she's also pregnant, which means, you know, naturally there's going to be different hormonal things. And I just want to make sure yeah. that, you know, you're going to be okay because then it makes it more about caring for Teddy while she's yeah. going through a pregnancy, which is a really, really difficult physically and emotionally and mentally. It's a very draining experience. Yeah. Um, 
And so it, it should have come from a place of concern for Teddy instead of a place of this is going to be annoying for me. And that's, that's true. I think, what upset Teddy. That's was fair. Because it wasn't, because it's not, and like, I understand what you're saying about that. Like, even if delivery is not your strong suit, it was communicated that Teddy's pregnancy is an inconvenience for Sutton, not Sutton is concerned about how the pregnancy is affecting Teddy. And I think that is something that, Teddy can be okay being upset about. I, yeah, so. I see. I, I, it's so hard watching Housewives because, you know, you become fans of people, you like watching them on the show, and then where it's like, okay, I like both Teddy and I do like Sutton. So it's it's interesting being a Housewives fan because sometimes it becomes an oxymoron. It, it, you contradict yourself because. I like both of them. And so while I feel like Teddy did have a right to be upset, because I would be embarrassed if I was called boring. On the other hand, you know, the the point of the game was to be honest. Sutton was honest. Like, it's, it's hard to, you know, take sides when you like both of the people, um, which mm-hmm. is first world reality TV problems. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, I, I thought it was completely entertaining um, I really do think that Sutton and Garcelle both have proven that they're bringing something fresh to Beverly Hills. I think Garcelle oh, is, sure. you know, like a like she's a funny, she's no candid, BS, like she's honest. Yeah, you know, and I but feel she's like polite. yeah, I I I do I do and like Sutton, Garcelle, but I don't think is very polite. She is. I'm just gonna say I don't know how is Sutton so upset about the fact that there's no place cards. I see. When, and like everything has to be so proper. Yeah. She doesn't talk proper at all. See, I, you know, you know what? I kind of understand that. She runs around in these, in these big hoity-toity circles like she claims she does. I, you know, I understand that really though. Is, but how does she, how does she get around, get away, get away with saying stuff like that? I, it's I just, get it. I, I understand because if I was at a dinner party, my anxiety would act up and I would think, okay, where am I going to sit? I need to get to the table first so that I don't get left out or I don't have to sit on the end by someone I don't know. Like that would start ringing in my head. So I guess oh, if sure. if she's used to, you know, those dinners at maybe somewhere more fancy or at a, a friend's house that is maybe more hoity-toity society and you're used to place cards and you get there and then you think to yourself, oh, there's no place cards. Okay, then the anxiety starts acting up. So I, I think it's just basically you know, her world and, and who she runs around with. living in her world and everyone else is just living in it, I think. I, but you know what? I, I like that because I think Beverly Hills has been hard pressed to have someone that's petty. Uh, And I'm, I'm not saying petty as a dig. I'm saying it as a compliment. Petty as in, you know, Lisa Rinna style. I'm going to tell you what you think or what I think. I'm going to be unfiltered. Sorry if it hurts your feelings. This is me. This is who I am. I feel like people are always so focused in today's world on being politically correct and saying the right thing and I don't want to offend you and blah, blah, blah. But Sutton's just like, well, this is how I feel, period. So, well, so is that Garcelle, is. But Garcelle isn't me. But Garcelle so far hasn't done anything. Like, yeah, we've heard Garcelle's two sentences out of her. She's open and honest about everything that's been going on, but she's not. She's you know, not as forthcoming. She's not as forthcoming, I would say. I think that you can be honest and live your truth and also be kind. I think it's possible to do both. I don't think Sutton has learned that, but 
who knows? I also heard them say that they think that Sutton feels very intimidated by the group of girls. And well, if sure. that's the case, she might be putting on a little bit of a, sure. you know, a forefront of a, of a fake personality a little bit to try and, you know, be protected, which I think makes perfect sense. And if that's really the case, and that's just, you know, right now she's kind of overacting because of her anxiety whatever. and yeah, being with a new group of yeah, women. Then I, then I can, I can understand. Yeah. That. I can empathize for that and I can pass some forgiveness. But if, I, I think if, We need to see more of her, I think, one-on-one, not in a group where, you know, like you said, maybe she does feel intimidated. I would be. Um, You know, and look back at when Erica Jane joined the show in season six and everyone was like, oh, you're so cold. You're so, you know, not friendly and you don't open up and, and blah, blah, blah. And now up to years later it's taken her years to open up to the group and be vulnerable and be emotional and let them see her cry so if it's similar to Sutton where Sutton's gonna have to take time to get to know the women let them get to know her and open up and maybe take that socialite persona off and you know I think that she definitely does have a persona you have to when you when you're in reality tv or else you're called boring or you know, and I love Teddy. Um, Teddy doesn't have a persona, and that is her persona. You know, Lisa Rinna has a persona of a pot stir, you know, and now Sutton is the socialite, the unfiltered socialite, and that's her persona, that's her character. And so I feel like, you know, if she weren't, if she didn't have that character and she wasn't having the moments that she currently is having, everyone would be like, why is she on the show? She's boring. But at the same time, now that she is, getting on people's nerves and stirring things up. They're like, well, I don't like her. She's mean. So it's hard to win, I think, with a Housewives crowd, but I get what you're saying. There is a way to be honest, but still be kind about it. Um, Whether or not Garcelle gets into the drama, I hope that she does, because right now, in my opinion, she's a sideline player. I want to see her get into it. I want to see her mesh with the group. And I think maybe Sutton's having a harder time doing that. And so there's that friction there. Um, mm-hmm. But I really like the group. And I think even I even more awkward than Sutton and Teddy's moment was, what the heck was Denise's husband talking about? Like, what was that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So my thoughts on that. Is he on drugs? Seriously? Is he high? Like, what was that? might have been under the influence of something i don't know why his face was so red he was like he looked like he was boiling i felt kind of bad for him but um so on the one hand okay i'm gonna preface this by saying i think that one they probably edited it to make it look worse than it was to be for, for sure two i will admit he's obviously much more intelligent than i am because he started when he started off with you know there's a lot of space in an atom right Oh, yeah, and he was talking okay, about did, space and time. That, and First of all, so I had no clue. So you've already lost me. You're already yeah. sentence one, and I already just learned You're like, something. I'm gone. I'm gone. So, I'm like, I don't know how the hell I'm going to understand the rest of this, but okay. And it was like going, and I was like, at first I was like, okay, well, I don't really know anything about that, so I'm going to have to kind of accept that at face value. Yeah. But then he was like, cancer is... Your you best know, friend. Your body's immune system and your best friend. And then I was like, uh, okay, you might be smarter than me, but I'm pretty sure that cancer is not your best friend. And yeah. as someone who knows multiple people battling cancer, I can definitely assure you that it's not their best friend because they could take their life. And that was where I was like, you had me. And I was willing to be like, okay, I'm really 
deeply confused, but I also understand that you're professional. I'm not right up until he said that. And then I was like, I was just, now I'm now I'm no longer on board. I was waiting for him to, to bring it back around, like, and for it to make sense. And then he started talking about neutrons and protons and like, like you said, atoms and like every one of you has cancer in you right now and you don't know, like, and then they were like, like, they were like, we can't talk about it. You know, we've been followed and I get followed all the time. And, and Denise was like, don't talk about it. You know, we, we can't have this out there. And, and he was like, well, you're protected. She's protected. Like, what are they being followed by the Illuminati? Like what? It was so like, I was so confused. I would believe to be fair, conspiracy theory. I would totally believe that like, say they have uncovered this incredible new kind of medicine that's like genuine because they were saying it saves lives and so if they're genuinely yeah. saving lives with their medicine that's incredible and they should be able to continue doing that practice but usually when things go against the grain of big pharma because we know that big pharma likes people to suffer so they can sell you drugs at a higher price sure that's so what denise said we know that yeah, we know that. That's true. And like, even with the coronavirus, there's a scandal that's slowly being revealed, showing that you know Bill Gates, a, a conspiracy, Bill oh, Gates yeah. might be involved with the scandal for Corona, where he kind of had, I guess, well, had been working. I've been hearing are like Ben had been working with the yeah, researchers in that's China what I to heard. try and develop the vaccine, and now they have one and it's in existence, and they're just waiting for the time when they want to sell it for the highest price. So, you know, yeah, which is there is, And if you're that person, I mean, I don't want to talk to you, yeah. you know, yeah, because you're cruel and you're capitalizing on other people's literal death, which is disgusting. But so if they genuinely come up with something, bring this back around to housewives. Yeah. Like, where are you going <laughs> with this? Aaron? Genuinely, yeah. If they've genuinely come up with something incredible and life-saving, then that's, Amazing, and I would believe that Big Pharma might be kind of like staking out a little bit to like yeah. look at them and see what I mean, they're up to. Lisa Rinna even said, you know, her husband Harry has kind of delved into and experimented with fusion energy treatments, whatever that is. I don't know. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of like holistic things down in Beverly Hills, and you know, youth serums and and things that people do like it's it's a kind of a different world down there a little bit and i think that he he works i don't know what he does but he's in some kind of medical field he's not he's not a professional erica even said in her confessional he's not a doctor so why are we saying that cancer is your best friend um yeah i i really i don't get it um and i want to know what he does for a living like where are you you know, that you can be finding cure. Like, was he talking about finding medicine or different treatments? Or I I really don't know. I mean, they were asking him, like, they were pressing him, like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And I heard him say, like, well, you know, just come to my office and I'll talk to you about it. So he has an office. What does he do? Like, I, 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 I was... He treats people. For what, though? Like, I... I, I, I mean, wasn't that machine he used for Denise um, after her hernia surgery, wasn't that one of his machines? Yeah, it was. But why did he have that? Is he a physical therapist? Is he a chiropractor? Does he work in a lab? I, I don't know. I was supremely confused. But anyway, I, I'm obviously going to keep watching. You, hopefully, I you need to keep watching. I definitely will. 
um, We're Hooked, The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills Season 10 airs every Wednesday on Bravo at 8 p.m. And it is time to move from Beverly Hills to New York. Um, I... I love this season. I I don't know what it is. I'm very excited for this season. I know, right? I I really think that it's Leah. I just I can't get into any other older seasons. I've been trying like watching like on Hulu, like I've been trying to binge watch the older seasons and I just find myself getting bored. So maybe it's this cast that I'm is the turnaround. So I love this season so it far. It's funny because um I was like watching New York and I was like Spencer you need to watch it and you're like I, I know. really liked New York and I was like trust me you're gonna love Leah and then 100%. Here, we are. <laughs> here we are and I'm hooked um so obviously for we're, we're recording this um this week before the new episode is out so we're gonna be recapping last week's episode which is episode four um which aired on the 23rd um which is like where they all get drunk and go crazy at Ramona's Hampton house I thought it was just gold did you love it it was hilarious i loved that episode first of all can we address the elephant in the room what ramona hosting a party and then leaving to go to somebody else's Mm, party yeah yeah i i mm, i think i mean she obviously had them all over to her house to spend a weekend and then she was like but by the way this night i'm gonna be gone i don't really i I don't know if I'd be offended or mad at that because if she's there with them for a weekend, a week, whatever it is, and then she's like, one of the nights I do have plans with some people that are up here. Um, so that night I will be gone, but well, the I rest of the she time. Said it before she like said it. Oh, she, she oh said it the you're off. right. She, she was like, I'm leaving. She was like, hey guys, um, do you guys want to go to this party tonight? And everyone was like, no, we want to stay in. And then she was like, "You're right." She invited other people when they didn't. They she didn't discuss that with them if she could invite other people, other people. And then that's where that guy showed up. Yeah, you're right. So you know what? She <laughs> she, she handled it wrong. She handled it. She handled it completely wrong. Um, yeah. I. You know what? I I agree. I would you be offended? I uh, yeah. I would feel slighted because it's like okay, you're having me over to your house, which is super sweet. You're hosting us. You know, you're giving us a place to stay. That's really really nice. But you don't want to hang out with us, yeah. Unless we're going out and there's an opportunity for you to hit on a guy. That's you know, true. There's a time and place for both, and that was the time to hang out with your friends. Yeah, so, I, I agree. Um, I you know what? I thought it was so fun watching Sonia and Tinsley and Leah, and they were all swimming and throwing torches around. It was and hilarious. That oh huge gosh. moment in the kitchen where Leah was standing there and she was in her drunken state, obviously getting everything off her chest that (laughs) she had been feeling about Sonia. 1985 is gone. It's over. The yacht has sailed. I was like, she, like she has known Sonia for five minutes and read her up and down. I loved it. (laughs) It was hilarious. And they were all screaming and crying. And I, I, it was just, it was amazing. It was amazing. I really just hope that the rest of the season is as entertaining as this episode was. I really think it will be. I'm I'm totally in. Now, I have a question for you. Um, So when Ramona got back in the morning and she was really upset that everyone had kind of trashed her house, um, she, everyone kind of got mad because 
she walked in there and they were all standing there and she kind of was expecting them, okay, let's clean up, like help me clean up my kitchen, like help me go get the tiki torches. And and Dorinda was making a big deal about, you know, we're guests and and why are you asking us to help clean up like like staff? And, and she was so irritated at Ramona for like wanting, like help me clean up the kitchen, hello. Would you be offended if you were a guest in someone's house and in the morning, they asked you to help out with dishes. And I mean, there was a lot of dishes, so it wasn't like a few plates or like these were like big party platters. It was a wreck. Would you be offended as a guest in someone's home if they asked you to help clean up a party that you had the night before? So here's the thing is it's a diff- it's a weird question to get. But at the same time, I understand why. But also, I would just offer straight up. Because that's the thing. Yeah. That's where it's difficult because it's like, I feel like socially, etiquette-wise, at least the way that I understand it, is like you never, as the hostess, you never ask your guests to help clean your house for you. However, as a guest, you must offer to help. And yeah. that's where it's like, I, I feel like I would agree. both of those rules were broken, with the exception being Leah. And like the night before, when it was like she had hired help, why is she asking everyone to help her? Then I was yeah, like, that, I feel yeah. like, you know, why did you hire people if you're just going to ask your guests to do it? You know, like, I feel like that was rude. But the next morning, like, everybody's job is to pitch in and help. Yeah. And I think that Ramona's delivery suffered a little bit, too, and that kind of contributed to it. But, like, when you're a guest in someone's home and you trash it, especially like that. You better you know. wake up and, and, and help clean yeah. it up. Because I know exactly. that if that was me and... I was a host and I had invited this group of people to stay in my house, catered, like ever, like the works. I would get up and I would expect you to be in that kitchen with me and you're going to help me do the dishes and you're going to help me get the tiki torches and you're going to help me pick up all the broken glass. And like, I just don't understand how as a guest you could wake up like Dorinda and feel so entitled. And be like, no. Yeah, and be like, well, why should I help you? You have staff. When she was part of the madness. Like, you don't just trash someone's house and then get up and be like, well, what do you mean help? I just, I I think that Ramona definitely, like you said, her delivery, like, that's just Ramona. She just, she's like, why isn't anyone helping me? And, like, she makes a big stink about things just because she's dramatic. too is that I probably wouldn't want to help her in that situation because she had left. Yeah, yeah. So So I'd be like, you left us. Like, why am I going to help you? Yeah, you know, I, I, I totally get that. I, <laughs> like that. I'd be like, well, why am I going to help you? You left. Like, I, I yeah, get that. you were here, so... I get that. At this point, she was kind of just acting like an Airbnb, where she's like, you know, I'm going to let people come and stay in my house, and then leave, you know? So it's like... Yeah. So she was... You know? Yeah, I, I get the irritation with that. I think that there was just weird tension, and so maybe that's why, like, small things... Like, you know, waking up and helping with the dishes that Leah did all by herself. Hello. Um, yeah. It got kind of lost in translation. But uh, The Real Housewives of New York season 12 airs every Thursday at 9 p.m. on Bravo. We will be watching and we will keep you updated. And we are moving right along from New York to Dallas for our last reality check story. So at this point, everyone knows Leanne isn't coming back. Um, she announced in February via People magazine that she wasn't returning for the franchise's fifth season. Um, I will miss her on the show because I really think that she is a crucial cast member. Um, I am excited, though, to see what 
the newbies bring. They're going to bring on two new cast members. Um, I do like the other people on the show, so I will keep watching. Um, but Brandy Redmond, who is her co-star and kind of on-again, off-again frenemy, um, actually recently publicly reacted to the news of Leanne's exit, which uh, Brandy is so far, I think, the only cast member on the show to react to Leanne's news. Everyone's been keeping really hush and quiet about it. Um, but during a surprise appearance on Watch What Happens Live, uh, Brandy popped in and Andy asked her, you know, what she thinks about Leanne leaving. And Brandy said this, I reached out to her and let her know I'm here for her and thinking of her. But, you know, I think she's going to take some time for herself and I think that that's important. So I'm happy for her. Um, it's interesting. I, I think maybe they might be on better terms because Leanne did tell us when she was on the show um, or when she was on our podcast that uh, Brandy had called her after the news broke that she wasn't coming back. Maybe they're in a good place. We won't really see it on camera. Um, but obviously the Real Housewives of Dallas season five is held up right now because of coronavirus. Um, no filming is going on. I think that's the same for Jersey OC. Um, I did hear a rumor though, that they're going to try and start filming in late summer. So at the earliest, or I think early to late summer. So at the earliest, it could premiere in November to December, but we might have to wait till 2021 to see Dallas season five. You know, I mean, who knows? Um, I think that it was really sweet of Brandy to reach out. I think that was really good and nice. Um, I think Brandy is probably happy that she has left the show oh, and yeah. not coming back. Hundred um, percent. So it might be a little bit of a two-faced comment. Oh. Um, but you know, I, I you know, could of see that. She'd be like, I hope things go well for you. It could yeah. be one of those, like you know, as they, you know, bless your heart. Which I dated a southern man, and he told me that if anyone tells you bless your heart, the, depending on how they say it, it could basically be more insulting than anything oh. else. It's kind of a so maybe kind of bye bye, bad one. So maybe Brandy um, is giving Leanne the kiss of death, and she's like, maybe. "Sayonara, have a good life." Never yeah, know. Saying it, phrasing it in a way that's really sweet, but the subtext is saying otherwise. So I don't know. We'll but, leave you to read between the lines. Yeah, <laughs> it's your own interpretation. It is now time for the final segment of the show, the chart check. Here and chart check. Love it. So. For the Billboard Hot 100, this week we've got Blinding Lights by the weekend at number one, still. Um, I don't think anyone's really surprised. Um, it's there for its fourth week. Number wow. two is Tuesday Slide by Drake. Three, The Box by Roddy Rich. Four, Don't Start Now by Dua Lipa. Five is Say So by Doja Cat, which my dad loves. and I think We discussed five. that. That was hilarious. And number six, Circles by My Love, Post Malone. Um, seven is Adore You by Harry Styles. Eight is Tensions by Justin Bieber featuring Quavo. And at number nine is Rockstar by DaBaby featuring Roddy Rich. And that's kind of a new one into oh. the chart. And I listened to it and I actually, I like it. It's not like I don't something love it. I would listen to regularly, but I appreciate it. It's something that my sister, it's something that my sister tends to listen to a lot more rap versus I tend to go more like alternative and rock. Yeah. Alternative rock. Um, so I, you know, I appreciate it. And then at number ten, "Life Is Good" by Future featuring Drake. So not much has changed really um, on the Hot 100, as seems to be pretty much the usual. So we'll move it on to the Billboard 200 chart here. Finally, knocking off the weekend out of the number one spot is Da Baby again with his album "Blame It on Baby." 
So I have not listened to the entirety of this album, um, and I probably won't, if I'm being honest. I'm not. Um, I don't care. It's not really my type of music. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully it does well, and... I mean, it's obviously a success, so there is some audience for it. It's just not us. Yeah, it's just not us. Um, And number two, then, obviously, is After Hours by The Weeknd, which I do actually think is a really good album. I like The Weeknd. Um, and number three, staying in the same spot, is Eternal Take or Eternal Talkie by Lil Uzi Vert. We decided, we figured out which one, how to pronounce it. I think it was a talkie. So, I think it was a talkie. It took us a few weeks to figure it out. Yeah, we, every week we like re-figure out what it is. Yeah, and every, we were like, yeah. I forget, so it's just kind of a thing. Um, and number four is a new album called Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple. Oh. And this is one that I actually do want to listen to because she, she debuted with her first album in 1996 and she's been... Making music through like the sporadically decade. different um, different years. Yeah, this she's, is her fifth album. She's really off um, the grid. Interestingly, she is. Um, and and it, she made this in her own house. Oh, and she like there's dogs barking in the background at the end of the title track. Oh, um, so it's really like pers like, like it's not super like put together. It's more like personal. Like yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's, and very interesting, unique kind of sound and she's pretty honest so i'm very i might be interested i want to listen through all of it um she's got some really strong lines um i've seen some reviews on it and they're basically saying that she's got some really strong writing in here so i'm very excited i want to listen through it i was gonna say um a quick little tidbit of information was that the album actually when it was released debuted on metacritic which you know what that is it's basically it. it's when professional critics rate an album out of a hundred. So that's kind of what people refer to as like the main source of, you know, how did this album rate with the critics? Actually, Fetch the Bolt Cutters rated a one hundred out of a hundred based on I think wow, twelve incredible. based on twelve reviewers, which is really hard to get. So I I'm interested. Yeah, me too. Well, we'll have to listen to it and discuss it, but Moving on to number five, we've got My Turn by Little Baby. Um, number six, on the charts for 33 weeks is Hollywood's Bleeding by Post Malone. Um, I wonder if it'll stay on for a full year. I think uh, it... Mm, I don't know. I, I think... He's gearing up to release new music. The send that album off would be his newer album. That's but what I was going to say. He's done it before where he had songs from multiple albums on the charts at the same time. So I wouldn't be surprised if, like... Hollywood's Bleeding was at number 10, you know, hovering at 9 or 10, and then his new album came out and popped up at 1 or 2, you know, so... Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. I think it's possible, so, you know, we'll see. Um, number 7, YHLQMDLG by Bad Bunny. Um, number 8, Please Excuse Me for Being Antisocial by Roddy Rich, which is a really fantastic album if you haven't somehow heard it already. Um, number 9, Pray for Love by Rod Wave. And at number 10 is The New Toronto 3 by Tori Linez. So that's the Billboard 200. A lot of, um, a lot of rap and yeah. kind of hip-hop R&B. We talked about this before. That's kind of the genre that's dominating the charts. Yeah, it's the MO right now. Um, mm-hmm. But that was our weekly chart check. So thank yeah. you, reporter Lexi. Um, <laughs> all the way from Billboard. Um, no, but... I think that's everything cycling through the rumor mill this week. I think we covered it. 
Um, you yeah. can follow us on Instagram at the.rumor.mil. You can follow us on Twitter at TRM Updates. You can follow us on YouTube at The Rumor Mill. And don't forget, you can now follow us on our personal host pages on Instagram. Mine is at trmhost.spencer. Mine is trmhost.lexi. Yeah, so you can go follow us there. Keep up to date with us. Get to know us a little bit. Um, And as always, new episodes every Friday. Have a great weekend. uh, And bonus episodes on Monday. So we will see you next week. See you next week.